What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run the Damn Pod. I'm your host, Jordan, joined as always by my co-host, Darth Cowboy. If you're not familiar with Darth Cowboy, do join in on our Instagram live sessions. You'll see Darth Cowboy camping out in the back. My trusty co-host, as always. Looking forward to getting into some college football action with you between our prequel watching all weekend. We were able to catch some of week zero. Tuned in all of Saturday. Got some great action in, great college football action. It's good to be back. Had some packed stands. Had some less than packed stands, but all in all, good weekend. A lot of telling signs for the upcoming season. Some things to get into. Some potential breakout stars from week zero. Of course, we don't want to overreact too much, given that we've not even played a full week of college football, but... Of course, we will. Before we get into all the action, though, everybody make sure to visit www.runtheblogcfb.com. Subscribe to Run the Damn Blog. We are Run the Damn Pod, but Run the Damn Blog is not going anywhere. We'll be back every week with updates, highlights, game analysis, playoff projections, inevitably incorrect playoff projections, New Year's Six projections, Heisman projections. We will have it all starting this week, along with my wildly important, unbelievably accurate, indisputable playoff projections and Heisman favorites coming into the season. Looking forward to getting that out before week one kicks off so that when I'm inevitably right at the end of the season, nobody can blame me for having a week's worth of notice before getting those picks in. In any event, definitely head on over to runtheblogcfb.com. That is Run the Damn Blog. Be posted on there, like I said, every week. Make sure to follow. Make sure to click the subscribe link. Enter your email. I promise I don't spam you. All you'll get is updates when I post new articles. Also, follow and subscribe here for Run the Damn Pod on Apple Podcasts, on Buzzsprout, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can't find it, text me, call me, email me, whatever the hell you want to do, get in touch, and come listen to Run the Damn Pod every week. Excited to be back with you guys. Going to get into this week some quick hitters from week zero, a couple of overreactions, of course. Um, looking forward to week one as well. We've got some consequential action from week zero that will probably carry forward some momentum into week one. Dive into that a little bit with the LSU-UCLA upcoming matchup. Get in a couple player of the week picks. We had some great performances over the weekend in week zero. Some unexpected performances. Going to look back and see how that hot seat is looking. If you were on Instagram Live last week with Run the Damn Pod, you know that I have tabbed Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh as a couple that are on the hot seat. I think I was pretty well vindicated in that over the weekend. We'll get into that as well. want to start off with my team of the week, though. Really don't know how I could go with any team other than University of Illinois. Fighting Illini had an awesome, awesome performance against Nebraska. Really coming into that game, I believe off the top of my head that the the line was seven. So experts, betting experts, which I am not, had it much closer than I think the general consensus was. The consensus was that Scott Frost came into this game knowing it was a make-or-break game for him, knowing this was going to set the tone for Nebraska for the rest of the season. I think everybody pretty much assumed that Scott Frost would have his guys ready, returning a starter in Adrian Martinez, who's had some success. He's experienced. 
really facing first-year head coach Brett Bielma and Illinois Art Sikowski, the quarterback, famously with such a poor performance last year for Rutgers, starting for Illinois this year. Really think everybody had pretty much written them off. And they do absolutely nothing but come in, storm out to a 30-9 lead late in the third quarter. Nebraska makes it interesting in the fourth, but still too little too late. Scott Frost's team, Adrian Martinez, all fall flat. And Illinois pulls off the upset at home in Week 0 over Nebraska. Couple quick hitters from this in terms of Illinois being my team of the week. One of my players of the week, actually, has got to be... You find his Tony Adams, 11 total tackles, leading all players, 10 solo. Dude was all over the field before going down with an injury. Believe late in the third. <clears throat> also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Really a momentum changer there for Illinois early in the game to get them some momentum to ride throughout the rest of the game and ultimately come out the win. Illinois did not look perfect. Didn't even really look good, but by, you know, Big Ten standards, middle-of-the-pack Big Ten standards, they certainly pulled their weight. I think this is a team that has the ability to play spoiler for a couple of teams on their schedule this year. Um, Art Sikowski, again, famously the Rutgers quarterback who had such a rough outing last year. Can't remember the exact stats off the top of my head. Hate myself for it, but something like four for 17 through like two picks. Really an unbelievably historically bad performance from him last year. Comes out and goes 12 for 15, 124 yards, two touchdowns, very efficient, looked like a game manager. Offensive line got some good push, opened up some holes for Mike Epstein and the run game. Mike Epstein, yes, Mike Epstein and the run game, who finished with 16 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. A couple of their other running backs got involved as well. Really a balanced performance from Illinois all the way up through the third quarter, like I said. Did give up a couple of big plays. Well, one big play there to end the third quarter. And then not much going in the fourth. Did let Nebraska score with about two minutes left in the game. Looked like they may be able to mount a comeback. Um, but again, really through halfway through the third quarter, Illinois looked like a complete football team kicking the dog shit out of Nebraska to the tune of 30-9 to towards the end of the third quarter before that Adrian Martinez 75-yard touchdown run. So Illinois really top to bottom for two and a half quarters looked like a good football team that could play spoiler. Again, Brett Bielma in his first season, this is a huge win for him. Sets the tone for the rest of the season. These guys, while they may not be ready to contend in the Big Ten, of course could play spoiler to some powerhouses on their schedule. Already did spoil Scott Frost's season, potentially. Um, getting into that a little bit, I never, of course, would never root against the success of any individual in college football. No, we all know that's bullshit. I routinely make a habit of rooting against specific coaches teams, what have you. I'm vindictive, I'm angry, and we all know it. And Scott Frost is one of those that, for whatever reason, seems like a great guy, but I have a vendetta against him ever since his bogus 2017 season, where he and an impressive UCF team plowed through the season undefeated, beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl, and then, because that wasn't enough for them, decided to claim themselves national championship, or national champions at the end of the season, 
When, of course, Alabama overtook Georgia in overtime, famous second and 26, to win the actual national championship that year. Since then, Scott Frost has gotten on my nerves. He was hired away that year to Nebraska. Really thought he was going to turn that program around again in the past three seasons. Has shown nothing of the sort. Um, is one of the top three losingest coaches in Nebraska history already. Losingest, not sure if that's a word, but we're coining it. He is up there. And this loss really might seal the deal for him. I tabbed him last week, again, on Instagram Live as one of those coaches on the hot seat. I specifically pointed out him and Jim Harbaugh. I think him, of all people, probably is the one who needs to start, if we're going to talk this early in the season about it. Start packing his bags. You went into Illinois, expectations high for a win. You knew what was on the line here. Just did not have his team ready, and I cannot call the quote exactly to mind, but after the game was asked why they couldn't get anything going early and said something to the tune of, well, they lined up differently than we thought they would, and after that, there really just wasn't much we can do. Excuse me? As the head coach of a Big Ten power, traditional Big Ten powerhouse, college football head coach, your first interview after probably the nail in your coffin loss was, well, when they lined up differently when they, than they thought they would on defense, there was nothing we could do. I'm sorry. This is what you're paid to do. Figure it the hell out, Scott Frost. If you're going to lose a game like that, own it. Illinois played better than us today. They were the better team. They deserved the loss. To come out there and say that you couldn't do anything when their defense was different than what you expected, I'm sorry, do you not know how to make in-game adjustments? I was under the impression that that was a prerequisite of becoming a college football coach. I'll be honest with you, I sit at home and play Madden and make better adjustments than that. It's unbelievable that you can sit there with a straight face and tell the media that and then go back to your football team and look them in the eyes after saying something like that. That's remarkable. Nebraska's up in arms. Threat of a, God, and again, I'm terrible with these stats, but 25-year sold-out streak for Nebraska home games in jeopardy. Donors are pulling. They are losing support fast for University of Nebraska, for Scott Frost. This is going to be a situation to watch going into the next few weeks of the season. Again, obviously nothing done after week zero, but that is a humiliating way to start the season for Scott Frost and for Nebraska. But again, props to Illinois. Played a great game for two and a half quarters. Looked like a solid top-to-bottom football team. Really excited to see what they can do the rest of this year. Again, not necessarily projecting them to make a whole lot of noise in the Big Ten race, but a team to look out for. Going to be fun to watch. With that said, a couple of takeaways from our other Power 5 game of the weekend, um, UCLA and Hawaii. i got to be straight up honest with you, not huge um, or not very well versed in Hawaii football. No, they um, honored Colt Brennan over the weekend, who tragically passed away during the offseason. Famous Hawaii quarterback who led them to a couple of great seasons back in, let me say, 07, 08, I believe. Um, paid a really cool tribute to him with their uniforms. Um, a lot of emotion going into that game, I'm sure. Um, Hawaii completely overmatched. Saw the line on this game, saw the expert picks. That was pretty much all I had to go off of on Hawaii's end. On UCLA's end, I expected a little more out of DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. 
Um, but don't think I necessarily expected the kind of performance they turned in. UCLA looked like a really good football team. In a weak Pac-12 conference, that's a team that you can look out for. Again, I'm not out here to say that they're going to win the Pac-12 South. I'm not out here to say that they're going to win the Pac-12. Those are the kinds of overreactions that I'm not going to jump to in Week 0. But... That run game with Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer, another reason Jim Harbaugh should be on the hot seat letting that man go away, averaged 17.7 yards per carry, six carries, three touchdowns. That's every other carry is a touchdown for that kid. Unbelievable day from him. A mediocre, rather pedestrian day from Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but again, Charbonnet, 106 yards, three touchdowns. Great performance from him, one of my players of the week and opens up a conversation about, is this UCLA team good enough to contend? We're going to find out next week, week one. In the Rose Bowl, UCLA versus LSU, there's going to be some big boy football coming into the Rose Bowl. LSU is pissed off after last season. They've got Keishon Bouti. They've got a quarterback in. Off the time, I know they lost Miles Brennan. Believe Max Johnson is going to be the starter. Do not quote me. But returning Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley at corner, that is really going to force Dorian Thompson-Robinson to throw the ball better than he did last week. Only a 50% completion percentage against Hawaii, 130 yards and a touchdown. Did enough. Again, rode the momentum from Charbonnet, having a great day and a great day from the defense. But Hawaii is not LSU. LSU is an SEC program. LSU is... By all accounts, an SEC contender this year certainly has the potential to make noise in the SEC and potentially the college football playoff if they can figure out the run game, the quarterback situation, and maybe their offensive line. That is a team with a defense that Hawaii cannot sniff. Like I said, Derek Stingley, Eli Ricks are going to make DTR's life hell for four quarters. If they can get some push up front, they being UCLA, if they can get some push up front and run the ball as effectively as effectively with Charbonnet as they did against Hawaii, sure, maybe they've got a shot. Do I see that happening? No. I'm not buying into this UCLA-LSU game of the week hype. I'm not getting it. I know it was an impressive performance from UCLA, not taking anything away from them. I think that's one of those performances in a 44-10 win over Hawaii where you've really got to pin it on the competition. Again, great day from a couple of their star players. UCLA has some momentum now. And again, in the weak Pac-12 conference, could make some noise there. I really, though, do not see them being competitive next weekend again against LSU. No, that's kind of a narrative that's popped up a couple places. I'm here to squash it. I do not think that is going anywhere. If it does, of course, come after me, eviscerate me, grill me. I'm wrong all the time. But again, a Pac-12 UCLA team just not up to snuff with a top three or four team in the SEC. I don't believe. Only way I'm going to be wrong on that is if LSU really didn't learn anything from last year and they are the exact same team we saw in 2020 that lost the opener to Mississippi State after winning the national championship in historic season or in historic fashion the season before. Really not sold on the UCLA hype, but again, a great performance from them. Zach Charbonnet, one of my players of the week against Hawaii, again, with those six carries, three touchdowns, great performance from him, and making Jim Harbaugh look like a fool for letting him walk away from Michigan. So that kind of wraps up my week zero recap. A couple of other good games on the tablet as well, just did not get a chance to dive into them as much. And again, my players of the week for this week, 
or for week zero this past week. We're going to be Zach Charbonnet, six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns from him. It'll be Tony Adams from Illinois, 10 solo tackles, 11 total tackles. Fumble recovery for a touchdown for Illinois and an upset win over Nebraska. Art Sikowski had a great game as well of the week. Um, moving on to previews of week one. As I said, we have previewed Clemson versus Georgia on this show a couple of times already. Um, injury report came out for Georgia today. Does not look like Darnell Washington or Tyke Smith are going to suit up for that game. Again, starting nickel corner and starting tight end for Georgia. John Fitzpatrick, however, another great tight end for Georgia, will be suiting up. Outside of that, um, again, no Eric Gilbert, no George Pickens for Georgia, but outside of that, totally healthy on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Looks like they're going to be pretty much full co minus those three or four impact players. Um, definitely affects the type of game that I think that's going to be. But if you tuned in a couple weeks ago to mine and Zach's conversation, I kind of set up front that I see this being a defensive battle. I know DJ Uyunglele and JT Daniels are the focus heading into that game. I really do think it's going to end up on the other side of the ball. The focus is going to be on Adam Anderson, Jordan Davis for Georgia, and Kobe Dean as well. And then for Clemson, it's going to be on Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, James Skalski. This is going to be a, I believe, Battle one in the trenches, one in the front seven on the defensive line. And the linebackers, whoever's able to, number one, run the ball more effectively, and number two, make big plays more effectively, is going to win the game. That really doesn't do you much good because Clemson's going to have the bigger plays. George's going to have the better run game, in my opinion. Again, a toss-up there. A um, couple other games to get into. We're going to look at Miami and Alabama. Another top 15 matchup here in Atlanta Miami's Derek King coming back from that ACL tear, looking to start off an ACC campaign where they're hoping to challenge Clemson for an ACC crown, potentially pull off that upset. They do have a favorable schedule. They have the talent. They've recruited pretty well. Seems like James Williams, the freshman from South Florida, is impressing on defense. Not sure if he's going to start a play or not, but I've heard some great things about him. Again, all focus, though, is really going to be on De'Aaron King. How does he recover from that ACL injury, and how does he stack up against what should be probably the best defense in college football in Alabama's Um Alabama on the other side of the ball, breaking in a new quarterback as well. Bryce Young is going to be getting his first start. Seven-figure name, image, and likeness deal from him before he even snapped the ball once. Unbelievable, if you ask me. Um, kid looks excellent from all accounts. I've heard he's looked great in the preseason. He's also got a damn embarrassment of riches around him. Brian Robinson, fourth-year running back. I know they lose Devontae Smith. I know they lose Jalen Waddle, but Alabama does not replace. They reload. They have John Mechie. They have Slade Bolden. Um, these guys are going to be stout on the offense. They return probably the best tackle in football in Evan Neal. Bryce is going to have all day long. I do not see Miami's corners keeping up with Alabama's receivers. I do not see their front seven keeping up with Alabama's run game. They're going to wear them down over the course of the game. Brian Robinson and Trey Sanders Back from his, I believe, Achilles tear last year. Should be healthy, good to go. Um, I haven't heard an injury report on that, so don't quote me if you're an Alabama fan and he's out. I'm sorry. Uh, but look to be healthy heading into the season. So I do think Alabama's going to wear down over the course of that game. I think currently a 14-point spread on that game. 
I go back and forth. I really do think Alabama has the talent and the ability and should cover that spread, should win by two or three scores. I don't know. Miami, I know, has a lot of hype around them. I just, I I see a 17-point win for Alabama. That's what I'm going to lock in. I've gone back and forth. You heard it here first, folks. 17-point win for Alabama. Multiple scores. I think it's going to be a big day for them. Another one, UCLA versus LSU next weekend. Again, getting, I got into it a little bit earlier. I just don't see UCLA's talent being able to stack up with LSU's talent. LSU has talent at all three levels on the defense. They have talent on the offensive line. They have talent at receiver. Keishon Bouti should be one of the premier returning receivers in the SEC this year. And no matter who they tried out at quarterback, whether it's Max Johnson, whether it's freshman Garrett Newsmeyer, whoever it ends up being, they're really just going to have to manage the game against UCLA. I think LSU comes in this season in a more advantageous position than last year, where they did have so much pressure and so many expectations on them after winning the championship in such historic fashion the season before. This year, they're just kind of looking to reload. They're just kind of looking to get back on the radar, and I think Coach O is going to have his team ready. I see LSU kind of running away with that game as well. Um, So that's some of the action we have coming up in Week 1. Another game to look forward to on Thursday, I briefly mentioned it again on my Instagram Live last week, is going to be Minnesota and Ohio State. Ohio State, again, breaking in a new quarterback in C.J. Stroud, who by all accounts should have a great season, uh, four- or five-star quarterback coming out of high school. I don't know exactly if he took a redshirt year last year sitting behind Justin Fields. I do believe it was a redshirt season for him, so it's going to be a redshirt freshman. But when you have guys like... Garrett Wilson, like Chris Olave, like Jackson Smith Nigba, who just made the switch over to tight end for Ohio State. We've seen what even mediocre quarterbacks can do when surrounded by an embarrassment of riches like that. A quarterback with elite arm talent like C.J. Stroud is going to be able to dissect defenses. I don't think he's going to be Justin Fields. I don't think he's the same caliber player. But again, when you have the kind of offensive weapons and the kind of offensive line that Ohio State has, not that big a deal. I did mention on my Instagram Live that I think this game could be much closer than some would think. I believe the spread right now looks like it's at 14. I expect Minnesota to cover that. Playing at home, under the lights, primetime game, first real ranked game of the season. They came out with those black jerseys. They're coming out with a lot of hype. They're going to row the boat again. Tanner Morgan, third or fourth year starter at this point. I love experience in big games like that. I just don't think they have the talent to keep up with Ohio State on the defensive side. I do think Minnesota's going to score their points. I do think they're going to get theirs. But at the end of the day, Ohio State's going to make one or two too many big plays against a weaker Minnesota defense. 10-point win for Ohio State, if you ask me. North Carolina-Virginia, game on Friday, another primetime game on ESPN, 6 o'clock. North Carolina looking again, another one of those ACC teams looking to unseat Clemson. Don't necessarily think it's going to happen this year. I've talked at, not at length, but I've talked about my concerns with Sam Howell, where it's pretty much a JT Daniels, um, which again, not a bad thing. When you have weapons around you, can be a great thing. Um, but coming into the season with the number one overall quarterback hype around him, I just don't see that. Nobody's saying that about JT Daniels. Not necessarily saying they shouldn't, but if you're going to say it about Hal, you better damn well say it about Daniels as well. Same thing about Uyunglele. I have not seen the hype around him that I've seen around Howell. And I think the DJ from Clemson is miles ahead of where Howell is. Um, 
Just don't see UNC living up to the hype this year, but should take care of business against Virginia Tech. I do see them covering the five and a half point spread there. And please, by all means, do not take this as gambling advice. Do not take this as betting advice. I don't know if that's something I'm legally supposed to say at this point, but I'm a dumbass. Do not listen to me when I say don't, I expect him to cover the spread. I don't expect him to cover the spread. Purely speculative. Do not bet money based on my opinions. If you know me, that's a horrible idea. So don't do that. Um, but I do think North Carolina is going to come out and have a strong performance, set themselves up well. I just don't think they have the talent to get past Clemson this year. Should beat Virginia Tech, though. One of the sneaky good games this week, um, Penn State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a Big Ten contender, Big Ten title to game contender, where they should meet up with Ohio State. Penn State looking to rebound after last year, started off 0-4, ended 4 Four and five and one, I believe, something along those lines. So carrying some momentum into this year, James Franklin looking to stay off the hot seat. Do think that Wisconsin probably has the firepower to win that game? Um, and you know, they win that game, they set themselves up in an advantageous situation. Really, the only game that they should have to worry about the rest of the year is Ohio State. Um, so set themselves up really well and could be a dark horse in that playoff conversation come um, October, November, around that time. Um, that should be a great game. Then outside of that, Louisiana-Texas wanted to look into that one. I've seen some upset chatter. Hudson Card was officially named the starter at Texas. True freshman coming in, beat out Casey Thompson. I know Louisiana's got a good football team. They've got some experience. I do think Sark's going to have his boys over at Texas ready for this game. He trusts Hudson Card, and you've got to trust B. John Robinson, who I maintain is top two running back in this class. Well, not in this class. He's not draft eligible quite yet, but top two running back in college football. You put him up there with the Brees Halls of the world, the Isaiah Spillers of the world, the Tank Bigsby's of the world. I think he kicks Tank Bigsby's ass, honestly. I think B. John Robinson is an absolute weapon. By the end of this season, to be talking about him as the best running back in college football, in my humble opinion. Love to see what he can do against Louisiana. I think he's going to shred that team up, and I do see Texas coming out with a win. Again, if you tuned into my Instagram live last week, I see Florida State upsetting Notre Dame. Don't hold me to that one. That's going to be a hot fucking take for this week. But Florida State beats Notre Dame at home. Mike Norvell gets a signature win, and that is going to wrap up week one. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate y'all sitting here bearing with me through my analysis of week zero coming into week one. We'll have plenty more content for you in the coming weeks as we officially kick off college football season this coming Saturday. We've got full stadiums. We've got rowdy fans. We are ready to go and run the damn ball, run the damn blog, and run the damn pod. Excuse me, Georgia needs to run the damn ball. You need to tune in to run the damn pod and run the damn blog every week. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Hit me up for the link. Whatever the hell you want to do to get a hold of this podcast, listen, share with your friends, enjoy, and also subscribe to run the damn blog. Like I said, later this week, we'll have my playoff picks out. We'll have my Heisman projections out. We're going to wrap this thing up, and we're good to go. Looking forward to some great guests coming up this year, some great articles, some great insights. Again, appreciate everybody's support. Really appreciate all the downloads, all the listens, all the clicks. It means the world to me. Appreciate you guys tuning in again, and we'll catch you next week.